Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a Friday edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. My name is Patricia Trena, and it is Friday, the 25th of June. Happy to have you with us here as we continue our summer schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday of the Locked On Giants podcast. And we have a very special program for you today, as promised. Uh, Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys issued a little bit of a challenge the other day on Twitter uh, when word came down of Eli Manning, Giants former Giants quarterback, joining the Giants front office. Marcus put out an opinion that I didn't really take too kindly to. I don't think a lot of you who saw it took too kindly to. Marcus said that Eli was overrated. And I said, hey, Marcus, come on, man. And uh, long story short, we decided to get together and do a bit of a debate, if you will, a debate type of show. And just so that it is not so one-sided, I've invited Ross Jackson, who is the host of the Locked on Saints podcast, to moderate the program. So Ross is going to take it over. He's going to moderate it, make sure that Marcus and I don't kill each other on this show. And we're going to have some fun with this. So gentlemen, let me welcome you both in. Uh, thanks for having me, Patricia. I'm I'm excited to do this, and I'm I, I'm very interested that you frame this as an opinion and not a fact that Eli Manning is overrated. Whoa, that's, whoa, that's whoa, a very interesting. Ah, uh, here we, we go. We haven't started yet. All right, we haven't started. Uh, yet. Here we go. Ground rules here first, right? We're gonna keep all punches above the belt. We're gonna have a nice, respectful bout here. All right, that's what we're gonna do. No, I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to be here with you. I'm glad that uh, I got the opportunity to, as somebody right now who covers a franchise that is potentially staring down the barrel of quarterback hell. It's really good to be able to come in here and talk about successful quarterbacks. So I'm really looking forward to all of this. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and what we're going to do is sort of structure this in sort of like an argument and response type of manner. So we'll start off with Patricia. Patricia's going to get first word here. We'll start off with Patricia. She'll get to sort of give the reasons that um, that Eli Manning is not overrated, why he deserves respect, all of that. And then we'll get to Marcus's retort. Then the second segment, we'll flip it. Marcus, you'll get the opportunity to make your argument. Patricia will get the opportunity to retort. And then we'll go into sort of closing arguments at the end. That's all good. We're all agreed. Yes, we're good. We're good. Let's do it. All right, Patricia, all to you. Uh, Marcus says that Eli Manning is underrated. Why is that opinion incorrect? His opinion. All right. First off, I can see why Marcus would say that. If you look at Eli Manning's regular season record, which according to Pro Football Reference, he's at 117, 117. Not very impressive. So it's like, okay, who cares? Right. But, but you look at Eli Manning in the playoffs, two Super Bowl victories. You look at what he has done throughout his career. And specifically, I'm looking at 27 fourth quarter comebacks. I'm looking at 37 game winning drives. When the game was on the line, Eli Manning was there. And, you know, look, I'll be the first to admit in the latter part of his career, it took a downward spiral. The Giants didn't exactly help him when it came to the offensive line. They didn't exactly help him when it came to putting, you know, a lot of good talent around him. And it, and it showed, you know, and then of course Age took its its a its toll on Eli, but that said, what do you want of your franchise quarterback? You want him to a be able to load the team on his shoulders and carry them across the finish line. You want him to 
get to the playoffs and win some playoff games and ultimately win a Super Bowl. And you also want him to be, you know, durable. You want him to be there for every game, which Eli Manning was. He never missed a game due to injury. You want him to be a good represent representative of the franchise, which, you know, I don't think anybody can argue that he wasn't a good representative. And you just you just want him to be the face of the franchise. And I think for the 16 years that Eli Manning was here in New York as an active player, he he accomplished all that. And I know, again, the, the regular season record wasn't the greatest. I know early in his career, it looked shaky. But all things considered, I think Eli Manning worked out really, really well for the New York Giants. And I can't think of very many people other than maybe Marcus, who would say that Eli's time here was overrated. All right. Two Super Bowl rings, 27 comeback victories, but a 50% win percentage. Marcus, what's your retort to what Patricia just had to offer? Yeah. uh, First and foremost, I want to say this about Eli. I I have no personal vendetta against Eli at all. I think from like a character standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, just from like a person, I think he's like an A plus plus. So this is, this has nothing to do against Eli Manning, the person, because by everything that I've read and talked to people, it sounds like he's just an awesome guy. This is more of just a statistical case that I'm making against Eli. Uh, Patricia referenced the fourth quarter comebacks and the game winning drives in the Super Bowl. That's all really good. But the argument that I'm making here, and this is really in response to you know him probably going to make the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame level quarterback because to be a Hall of Fame level quarterback, you need to be consistently elite. And I don't believe Eli was that. Uh, and we're going to get into some of the reasons why I don't think he was uh, in just a little bit. Love it. Thank you, Marcus. It was a very nice, that was very like civil response nobody came for each other we're getting there don't worry we'll get there yeah we're just getting started that was very nice patricia anything that you want to add before we get to marcus's argument here yeah i'm curious to see what he defines as elite and i'm also curious to know marcus how much of that was on eli and how much of that was on his supporting cast are you breaking this up in terms of different stages of his career? Are you looking at his career as a whole? Because, okay, there were there were times when, you know, you sit there and you watch Eli Manning and you say, oh, gosh, you know, maybe he's at the end. But then you also take into consideration the talent he had around him or lack thereof in some circumstances. And you, and you have to factor that in, just like with any quarterback. Because remember, you know, you cited some stats in your initial tweet. And football is a team sport. Mm -hmm. So that said, you know, yes, it all starts with the quarterback and, and, and it, but it also helps if you have an offensive line, it helps if you have a running game, it helps if you have receivers who can catch passes and not drop them or, or, you know, make mistakes in route running. So how much of that factors into the numbers? You know, I think that's a fair argument to, to ask. Yeah. So Patricia, you said that football is a team sport and I couldn't agree more. It's why. I don't really care necessarily about the win-loss records, right? Because a, a lot of the times this is all based on how good the team is around you. Because I could point out stats like, you know, in Eli Manning's 14 seasons, basically of being the full-time starter, in half of those seasons they got eight or fewer wins. So if you look at all the other top-end quarterbacks in the league, like Drew Brees has only had one season ever with fewer than seven wins. Tom Brady has never had a losing season. Ben Roethlisberger has never had a losing season. Uh, Peyton Manning's only ever won. 
But that's not necessarily fair to Eli either because the teams aren't so – they're not the same. And I also think that goes for Super Bowls as well. Just because you win a Super Bowl or two in Eli's case doesn't automatically mean you should be a Hall of Fame quarterback because we've had several quote-unquote bad quarterbacks win Super Bowls. We've actually had, I think – a very average quarterback win two and Jim Plunkett in the seventies. So I know the Super Bowl rings will give Eli his case to make the hall of fame. I think, I just think there's a better way to judge quarterbacks simply than ring counting. All right, Marcus, get your papers ready, get everything set up. We're coming to your argument here next. All right, Giant fans, before we continue this debate with Marcus Mosier as hosted by Ross Jackson, my two colleagues over at, Locked on Cowboys and Locked on Saints, respectively. Let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Use our special promo code Locked On to sign up for an account and receive. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on at Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. Hey, Giant fans, let me take a minute to tell you about Bilt Bar. They have nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. Indulging on a low-carb, low-sugar treat never tasted so good. And right now, when you order at BiltBar.com, you can save 15% when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. All right, everybody. We are rolling along here with the case of Eli Manning. Patricia Trainer locked on Giants versus Marcus Mosher locked on Cowboys. We got Patricia's opening arguments now. Marcus, she told you why your opinion was not fact. <laughs> Tell us why, in your opinion, your statement was indeed fact. All right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and break this down. So from 2005 until 2018, Eli started every game except for one in 2017. That actually, I think, goes to his credit, right? For the Giants to have stable quarterback play for those, what is it, those 14 seasons or whatever it is, that is incredible. And we know in the NFL that stability at the quarterback position is what makes teams good from year in and year out. Unfortunately, Eli, I think, is – overrated when it comes to what he did in those seasons. So for example, from 2005 to 2018, if you're just looking at the Giants offense compared to the rest of the NFL in points per game, they rank outside of the top 12, averaging 22 points per game. If we look at his stats, right from 2005 to 2018, the NFL average passer rating was 85.6. And that includes all the backup quarterbacks that threw passes, all the receivers, Eli's passer rating in that same time span, 84.8. Now, if you don't love pass rating, we can use yards per attempt, which Bill Walsh, one of the smartest uh, minds in football, says is the best stat when it comes to quarterbacks. 2005-2018, the NFL yards per attempt, 7.1. Eli Manning's yards per attempt, 7.09. So just under what the NFL average is, that's not great. And when we're talking about an elite quarterback, I want to see multiple seasons of you being the top two or three quarterbacks you know, in the league, or at least a multi-stretch of being a top five quarterback, you know, from like a four or five year run. And we don't really see that. Um, Eli Manning in his career had zero 
seasons of a pass rating of over 94. In the history of the NFL, there's been 92 quarterbacks that have had a passer rating over 94. Eli's not one of them. If you compare him just to the quarterbacks that he was kind of facing in that same era, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, and Drew Brees, those five quarterbacks combined for 77 seasons of a passer rating of 94. It, it is a little shocking that we never really got one elite top three, even top five season from Eli Manning. All right, Patricia. So you get some of the stats now backing up where Mark is this coming from. What is your response to uh, this info? All right, Marcus, I forget who it was. I think it was Yogi Berra, the great Yankees manager and player who once said stats are like bikinis. They show you a lot, but they don't show you the entire picture. <laughs> That's it. I, I appreciate so the, I appreciate the, the the statistical history, but you've got to look at the background to it. What led to those stats? All right. So I can recall a couple of seasons where Eli was up there in the number of you know leading quarterbacks in the number of drop passes. All right. So you ask yourself, okay, if he wasn't up there in the top, you know, two or three in drop passes, would his numbers have been better? You ask yourself, you know, uh, some of the interceptions. Now, I think there was one season where Eli just had a, a ridiculous amount of interceptions. I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was, um, I think it was, I think it was 2000, a 2013 season. 2015 season. I think he had, no, it wasn't 2015. It was, um, oh, goodness. He had like 25 interceptions. I think it was 2010. Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. Yes. yes. No, I'm sorry. 2013. I was right. 2013 that he had 27 interceptions. How many of those were on him versus how many of them were on his receivers running the correct routes or the incorrect routes? So you, you've got to kind of look at the entire picture. And, you know, quarterback rating, that tells you some of it, but it doesn't tell you everything. You know, it's kind of like the argument people now make with Daniel Jones, you know, last year. And, oh, Daniel D Jones with the turnovers and the interceptions. Well, look at how many, you know, Balls bounced off of Evan Ingram's hands. Look at how many times the guy ran the wrong route, you know? So, you know, to me, statistics, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't put a whole lot of stock in them. I think in some regards, yes, you have to because, you, you know, look, that's what we use to measure them. But I, I look at big moments. Where is the quarterback going to step up and deliver the biggest moments and, you know, I go back to, you know, just to use Daniel Jones for an example, it's funny because I just started putting together a list of top 10 plays from 2020. And I look back at, at some of the performances and I say, gosh, you know, Daniel Jones had a chance to really load a team on his back here and carry them over the finish line. And he didn't. Eli, I see him, you know, all the times the fourth quarter uh, comebacks, mm -hmm. I, you know, you look at the Super Bowl when he spun out of that, you know, that that would be sack attempt that should have been a sack and almost was a sack. And, you know, he, he was able to get the ball down the field. So to me, just being able to come up big when you had to, um, the stats, you know, they are what they are. And how much of that was, okay, well, you know, you look at the numbers and you say, well, Eli's numbers weren't that great. Well, maybe those were in games where he didn't throw a lot, or maybe he had to throw extra time. Like there was a, a stretch when Ben McAdoo was the head coach where Eli was averaging something like over 600 passes per season. 
600 pass attempts per season, which was unheard of, especially for a guy who was getting up there in age. So just there are different circumstances, I think, that lead to those specific stats. And, you know, I think you just have to go in and look a little deeper at those stats and say, okay, why was it the way that it was? And again, for me, it just comes down to to the stepping up in the big moments. And I think you look at Eli's career and, you know, I'm not saying he he stepped up in every single moment, but the majority of the moments where there was a, where the game was on the line or a play had to be made, he was there and he delivered. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about the fourth quarter comebacks? Because I think, I mean, I think that's a pretty good argument for Eli, right? Because, and let's take the 2011 season. He actually had five fourth quarter comebacks that season. And you, you mentioned him stepping up in big games. I just think it's a little bit flawed because let me give you an example. During that season, there were three other quarterbacks that had five fourth quarter comebacks. It was Eli Manning, it was Alex Smith, it was Tim Tebow, and it was John Skelton. They all had the same amount of fourth quarter comebacks. Coincidentally, Tom Brady, who won 13 games that season, only had one. Pay, uh, uh, ben Roethlisberger only had one. Uh, Drew Brees only had one. So these elite quarterbacks that are putting up monster numbers, the reason why they're not having these fourth quarter comeback opportunities is because they're putting the teams away early. Too many of Eli's fourth quarter comebacks that season were because he was awful in the first three quarters of the game. And yes, he did put together a nice driver too, but that doesn't necessarily excuse the poor quarterback play before that. And a lot of times these were games that they were supposed to win anyways, and he was just struggling early on. So I think he deserves credit for getting the job done. It's just I can't overweight the fourth quarter comebacks compared to the totality of a season or of an entire game for some of these guys. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You say Eli was awful the first three quarters. You you do realize that, you know, defense and, and special teams, that, that's all part of the game, too. So oh, of course. Of course. Say, but these are, can you honestly these are say things that it was all on Eli sucking for, for the first three quarters? I, these are all things that a lot of other quarterbacks have to deal with. Now, in the case of Eli, for the most time, part of his career, he had at least an average defense. Some of these other teams... Uh, other elite quarterbacks did not have that benefit of the doubt that the defense he can rely on. But I agree, the defense and special teams certainly factored in as well. Um, I, I just don't think you can overreact to one season where he was really good in the end of the games. I don't know. I I, I disagree. <laughs> I mean, I see the point you're trying to make, but I, I look, I don't think you can say that, oh, it was all on Eli because he couldn't put him away in the first three quarters of the game, you know, what were the circumstances involved there? I'd have to go back and look at the specific game books and just kind of replay those games. But, you know, I'm pretty sure it wasn't because Eli was just garbage for the first three quarters. And then, Oh, Hey, I better wake up and win no, the game. Not I can, in I can add a little bit. I, I can add a little bit of context here to be helpful. Just I'm, I'm here to moderate. I'm here to provide context that that's all I'm here for. I have no horse in this race, but uh, Marcus, you're talking about the 2011 season with the five, uh, mm-hmm. game-winning drives. Yes, so yes. if that's the case, and we're talking about a Giants defense that was 25th in the NFL in terms of passing touchdowns allowed, and they were also 27th, excuse me, 25th in the NFL also when it came to uh, points allowed as well. So the defense could be a little bit of a factor there. I think we can agree. No, yeah, I would agree. Now, I also think we should mention this 2011 season because I think, and Patricia, please correct me if I'm wrong, but do you believe this is Eli's best season of his career? Is it his best season? I would say probably not. 
I think it was a good season, but I wouldn't say it was his best one. Which season would you say would be Eli's best season of his career? Are you talking from a statistical perspective or are you talking... I, I mean, either, right? I, for, when you were watching him and evaluate, which which season do you think he was at the very peak of his powers? Mm, I would say he, he really started to come into his own, I'm going to say starting in 2007, but he, he, amongst his better, better seasons, uh, let's see, 2009, 2010, he had back-to-back 4,000 yards, uh, I'm sorry, 2009 through 2011, he threw for three straight 4,000 Yard seasons actually 2011 was that the one that he threw 4,900 nearly had 5,000 yards so yeah I guess you could say that was a good one but he had let's see 29 touchdowns 16 interceptions um that I, I would say 2011 is one of his his good seasons was it the greatest ones um I'm gonna say probably I tend to be more lean towards the earlier part of his career when he started to hit his prime. But I'm not going to say that 2011 was a crap season for him because it wasn't. No, it, it certainly wasn't. And actually it was going to compliment Eli a little bit on this season. So I, I, from everything that I've kind of dove into, that does appear to be his best season, not only from a statistical standpoint, but also from an analytic standpoint. So he threw for 4,900 yards. He averaged the most yards per attempt of his career at 84 it was also the season that he averaged the most uh, expected points added per play. He was actually sixth in the NFL. My argument actually against Eli is if that's the best season of his career, it kind of shows you why I think he's a little overrated because even in that season, which I think is the best season of his career, he didn't finish inside the top five for pass rating. He didn't finish inside the top six uh, for touchdowns thrown. Uh, he didn't finish inside the top three for yards per attempt. He wasn't inside the top 10 for completion percentage. So when you're comparing him to the other quarterbacks that he was playing alongside of and competing against, he really didn't ever measure up and play at the same level of uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and a Drew Brees and a Ben Roethlisberger. And that's kind of my point. If he's going to get in the Hall of Fame because he's not one of the top seven or eight or 10 quarterbacks of an era, that's when I think it's a little overrated. And that's, that's always been my problem with him. I just, I never saw the season where you can say, Hey, this is a top three quarterback in the league. I can put my entire offense on him and he's going to take us. uh, He's going to make us a top five, top 10 offense. Okay. My response to that though, Marcus is, is that not all the quarterbacks that, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's Eli Manning, even Peyton Manning, they're not all getting, into the hall of fame at the same time, you know, Peyton's going in this year. Eli's going to be eligible. What in, in four years, Tom Correct. Brady, God knows when he's going to call it a career and when he'll <laughs> be eligible. In the meantime, what's to say that Eli won't get into the hall of fame because maybe the class, you know, y- y- you look at the competition. I mean, timing is everything. Let's, let's no, I, I not agree. I think he's, he, I think he is going to get in the hall of fame. I, I actually don't have any doubts about that. My argument is I don't think he should, right? Because, if you're not a top 10 quarterback of your era, at least from a statistical standpoint, is it the Hall of Fame of good or the you know the Hall of Fame, the elite, elite players get in there? And that's my problem. I just don't ever think Eli was an elite player. 
All right, Giant fans, we are not done with this argument yet, not by a long shot. This is Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants, joined by Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. He is moderating this debate between myself and Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys, and we're going to continue this debate in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com, a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. RockAuto.com offers an extensive selection of auto and body parts for dozens of auto manufacturers, makes, and models, all at competitive prices. Get what you need for your car or truck delivered straight to your door from RockAuto.com's extensive and easily searchable catalog. And be sure to write down Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And with the NFL about to go on hiatus until the start of training camp, you can fill the days of summer with memories from my new book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. Covering every era from the Giants franchise's startup right through the most recently completed decade, the Big 50 New York Giants will give you an inside look at the most memorable names and events that have shaped the Giants franchise, many of the stories as told by the subjects themselves. The Big 50 is available in both paperback and electronic formats and can be found on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else you find books for sale. Get your copy today, and thank you for your support. Why don't we jump into those? Uh, we're talking about Hall of Fame. We're talking a bit about the statistics, best season, all of that. Let's wrap it all up and take a look at sort of your closing arguments for whether or not Eli Manning is underrated. Patricia, why don't you start us off here? And then we'll go to Marcus and then we'll come back to you both for one final question, which will simply be, is Eli Manning overrated? And we'll see what you both have to say after this discussion. Go ahead, Patricia. All right. I mean, for me, putting aside the fact that, okay, and I admit, I'm, I'm close to the situation because I covered Eli Manning daily. I mean, from the time he walked in the door to the time he walked out the door. And I got to know the guy a little bit here and there. And I respect him. But let's put all that aside. Let me put all my personal feelings aside about, you know, his character, what I think of him as a person, all that stuff. Just knowing and seeing, you know, what he did for that team, how he raised some of the, the performance levels of those, those players around him. You listen to his offensive linemen and how they helped make him better. You listen to some of the receivers. I mean, if you look at his receivers, for example, who other than maybe Odell, you can make a case for Odell. You might be able to make a case for Plaxico, who was already established by the time they brought him in. You can make a case for Amani Toomer. Can you honestly say, though, that the Giants had, like, blue-chip receivers throughout, you know, his career? I, I don't know that you can. Can you honestly say that, you know, he had blue-chip tight ends? You know, I'm trying to think. I think he came in, Jeremy Shockey was on the tail end of his career. You, you know, other than that, I'm just trying to remember if he had any blue-chip tight ends off the top of my head. They're not, nobody's really jumping out at me. His offensive lines, you know, other than that, that line from 2007 to 2010, which was probably one of, if not, I would say that's one of the top two offensive lines the Giants have had since, I'm going to go back to 1970. 
All right. That offensive line was amazing. The the one-two punch of Brandon Jacobs and, and Ahmad Bradshaw, you know, were unstoppable back in the day. And then, you know, until Saquon came along and, you know, before the injury and stuff. The point is, is that Eli consistently hasn't had, to me at any rate, in my opinion, he hasn't had that consistent flow of top tier talent at all the positions. There's been gaps where the talent has lacked and it hasn't been as good as maybe some of this other top, you know, these other top quarterbacks that you mentioned. So for Eli to do what he was able to accomplish, to me, that that says it all. And, and that's why I don't think he's he's overrated in any stretch of the imagination. I just think this guy, given what he had to work with, he made chicken salad out of chicken bones. All right. Um, it's a good argument, Patricia. Uh, I, I just want to leave the listeners with this. Since Eli Manning entered the NFL, and I'm not going to use pass rating because I know there's pass rating people out there that hate it. But since Eli Manning entered the NFL in 2004, there's been 46 quarterbacks to throw at least 2,000 attempts. In terms of yards per attempt, Eli Manning is 30th. There's never been a, a stretch, a five-year stretch, where he was ever inside the top 10. I don't believe that Eli was one of these quarterbacks that elevated the talent around him. Patricia made the argument that he's never had elite talent. Um, I would disagree. He's had multiple first round receivers. He's had an all pro receiver in Odell Beckham. He's had uh, a pro bowl tight end in Jeremy Shockey. Um, I don't think he's ever elevated to that offense to be a top five offense in the NFL. And if I'm looking at the totality of a career and you say, Hey, Marcus, you can have this quarterback for the next 10 years. There's 25 quarterbacks from the last <laughs> since 2005 that I would take over Eli Manning. And there might be even more because I need a quarterback that's going to give me a chance to win every single game and get me into the playoffs consistently. And I don't think Eli Manning did that. Words, strong words from both of you. So Patricia, let's get your final, final thought on this. Is Eli Manning overrated? No, I don't think he is. I think he was the right quarterback for the franchise at the right time. He came in at the right time. You know, they were coming into a transition period um, they had an opportunity, you know, to really build around Eli Manning. They built the franchise up around him. You know, that trade was at the time. I know a lot of people when that trade was made, a lot of people were like, what the heck are they doing? And you go back and you take a survey amongst giant fans and amongst giants media. And I don't think you'll find anybody who will say that, that, that the giants made a mistake in trading a small King's ransom for Eli Manning. This is a guy who, okay, you know, you, you look at him and you say, okay, he doesn't have the flash of, say, a Joe Namath, for example, who, by the way, is on the Hall of Fame, despite the fact that he only won, what, one Super Bowl with, with the Jets? Um, you know, he doesn't have the numbers of a Tom Brady or, or an Aaron Rodgers. I get that. But when you look at what Eli Manning had to work with throughout his career, and, and you're right, Marcus, he did have some, you know, blue chip talent around him. And I mentioned some of those players before. But for the most part, can you honestly sit there and say that, you know, Eli had more blue chip talent than a Brady or uh, or an Aaron Rodgers? I don't think you can make that argument. And I think considering what Eli was able to do with what he was given, you know, it, it I think he he did a pretty good job. I think he he's Hall of Fame worthy. I think he elevated the team as best as he could around him. Towards the end there, it got a little ugly. I admit that because, you know, look, the skills were deteriorating. You know, the team did no favors for him with that offensive line, which, you know, 
they struggle to build that offensive line. Why it took so long, I don't know. But, um, you know, all things considered, Eli had a damn good career for the Giants, and I think he's definitely Hall of Fame worthy. All right, Marcus, you've heard Patricia's argument. You've heard more about Eli Manning. You've walked essentially into the lion's den here, and you've gotten an opportunity to share your thoughts and hear otherwise. Is Eli Manning to you still overrated? Not only is he overrated, he is the most overrated quarterback of all time. I just can't see the case that you can make for him as a Hall of Fame quarterback outside of the Super Bowl wins. Because if if the if the Giants don't make the playoffs in 2007, uh, are we even having this discussion? Right, one game shouldn't define an entire career, especially not when you play as long as Eli did. Uh, I, I get that the Super Bowl is important. That's the ultimate goal, but it's also a team goal. And I need to see more from an elite quarterback like we saw from everybody else in the decade that we mentioned between Brady, Rodgers, Peyton, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson. All these quarterbacks had far better statistical cases than Eli Manning. All right. Well, I guess it's just going to have to be uh, a case of division rivals continuing to agree to disagree, but maybe the listeners uh, will have their own opinions on all of this. Uh, Patricia, thanks so much for welcoming Marcus and I on and allowing us to be a part of this. Marcus, thank you very much for coming through. Both of you provided, I thought, really great insight on all of this. Like I mentioned, I kind of don't have any horse in the race here. Uh, but I, I think a lot of folks listening do. So I'll be excited to see how uh, everybody receives the great information that you both shared on all this. Patricia, thanks for making this possible. Thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate it. And Marcus, we're still buddies, obviously. Absolutely. We'll yes, we're soon. good. It was fun. And Ross, it was a lot thank of fun. you, as always, for, for, for being the voice of calm and keeping being civil. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Hey, look, I, uh, you know, I, I look at the New York Giants. And the situation that the New Orleans Saints are in right now to where they're coming out of a Hall of Fame quarterback and going into a new uh, sort of regime and a new era. I look at the New York Giants as doing the very same thing. So I I feel kindred spirits uh, with you, as always, Patricia, in terms of uh, covering these two teams. And I appreciate you and Giant fans. I appreciate you for tuning in. And don't forget, we've got much more coming up on the Locked on Giants podcast, including we're going to have it. At some point, whether it be next week or the week after, Ross will be back. Marcus will be back. We'll be starting to preview the New York Giants 2021 opponents, the Saints and the Cowboys, of course, both on the schedule. So we will be hearing more from Ross, Marcus, and the rest of the Locked On hosts. Can't wait to talk to them. Folks, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski, which gives you all the sports headlines and all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. And of course, don't forget to check out our Peacock and Williamson NFL show as well. Two great programs that can help supplement your NFL coverage needs. So have a great weekend, folks, and we will talk to you again next week.